Adapting to change gets a lot of attention. Even though we have some tools to intentionally deal with changes, that's a reactive approach. In episode 47 of Just One Simple Thing, we'll learn a more proactive approach where we anticipate things that could go wrong and develop a plan to deal with the ones most likely to derail us. Because I believe all those things we fear are just risks to be managed. Hey friend, welcome to Just One Simple Thing, the podcast where we find the intersection of practical solutions, biblical truth, and creativity as you lead in ministry and business. In order to make an impact, you have to take action even when you aren't 100% sure what God is up to. If you're tired of trying all the things and ready to do a new thing, this is the place for you. I'm your host, Krista Hutchins, a project manager, coach, wife, mom, encourager, and friend. In each episode, we tackle a specific issue keeping you stuck as you chase after your God dream and give you just one simple thing to help bring clarity to your swirl of creative ideas. Now, let's go solve a problem. Raise your hand if you've laid awake at night with the what-if tape looping through your head. I can literally see all of the hands raised out there. What if I launch and no one buys? What if I take a step and don't do it right? What if I share my message and no one responds? What if I send a proposal and get told no? The what if loop is endless. We often let the what ifs paralyze us with fear and uncertainty. We let those fears keep us from doing what God's called us to do. The fears take up more room than they deserve until we completely give up. But what if we had a better way to deal with those what-ifs, an analytical process that puts them in their proper place, removes the emotional response, and allows you to create plans to deal with them? When you have a plan to deal with the what-ifs, you'll be able to stop the looping tape in your head with confidence and rest knowing that you have the tools to stay on track if they happen. In the project management world, we call this risk management. Before we dive into the details, let's look at someone in the Bible who created a risk management plan that derailed a fearful response. Nehemiah had a big assignment from God, leading the Israelites as they rebuilt the crumbling wall around Jerusalem. It was a risky endeavor. The enemies around them were used to being able to attack the city at will. The people were used to being in captivity and afraid. How was Nehemiah supposed to get these frightened people to do a big task in the face of strong opposition? Nehemiah got word that his enemies were planning to sabotage his efforts. You can read all about this in Nehemiah chapter 4. The rumors and fear were distracting the workers. Morale was super low and commitment to the task was waning. Nehemiah didn't wait until the enemies attacked. He recognized this as a risk to the work God had called him to do, and he put in place a plan to manage the risk. He stationed half the workers near the low places in the wall and armed them with swords, spears, and bows. These were hard decisions to make. It slowed down the work. But when the workers felt safe, they were more productive and made more progress on the wall. 
Nehemiah counted the cost of these actions, and it was the right thing to do. Nehemiah was not just a man of action, but he was also a man of prayer. He went before the people and reminded them of the greatness and awesomeness of the Lord. They may have weapons in hand, but it would be the Lord who would stand with them and protect their families. Not only did Nehemiah address the specific threat facing them, but he addressed the consequences that the people most feared. Yes, they were committed to rebuilding the wall, but mostly they were also concerned about the safety of their families. Nehemiah reminded them that no one cared about their families more than God did and that they were fighting for the future of their families. So with that background, let's dive into the details of how to create a risk management plan that silences the fearful what-ifs. There's three steps to managing risks. Clarify the risk, rank the risk, and create mitigation plans for the most significant risk. Notice I didn't say create plans for all the risk. We're going to learn how to identify the most significant risks. But start with number one, clarifying the risk. When those what-ifs are floating through our heads at night, they tend to be vague thoughts that make us queasy, and they always present a worst-case scenario. We remove much of the power of what-ifs when we put specific words and consequences to them. These three questions will help you create a risk statement that turns your fear into something you can manage. What could happen? Describe an event that could happen in the future that would impact your ability to reach your goals. Why might it happen? This is the cause of the event. Identifying what may cause an event is the best way to create a plan to prevent it. And what would be the impact? This is the consequence if the event happens, and not necessarily the worst-case scenario. It's more productive to identify the most likely scenario so we can look at ways to prevent it. The second step is to rank the risks. This part makes my inner math geek so happy. In ranking the risk, we need to look at both the likelihood that the event will happen and the level of impact it would have if it did. First, look at the likelihood. How likely is the event or the cause to happen? Give it a score of 1 if it's unlikely to happen, 2 if it may happen, and 3 if it's highly likely to happen. Next, evaluate the level of impact. How damaging would the consequence be if the event happened? Give it a score of 1 if it would be minimal impact, 2 for some impact, and 3 for major impact. Finally, calculate the significant score by adding the likelihood and impact scores for each risk on your list. For the ones that total two or three, they're very unlikely to happen or low impact if they do. Check to see if there's some easy things you can do to reduce the risk, but don't worry too much about them. Highlight the ones with a score of four or more. These are your significant risks that you need to focus on. In step three, create mitigation plans. For each significant risk, create a plan to manage it. Your plan should reduce the likelihood that the cause or event will happen or reduce the impact if it does happen. 
Okay, I know this has all been kind of detailed. So let's look at a couple of real examples. What if Facebook decided to start charging for groups? I wouldn't have a home for my mastermind. It's possible. You never know what Facebook's going to do. So give it a two for likelihood. And if I'm honest, the impact would be low because there are lots of other platforms I could use for my group. So give it an impact score of one. So it has a total significance score of three. I'll make note if I see other platforms that are interesting, but other than that, I won't be losing any sleep over this risk. But what if my VA quits? It's likely that she could get pregnant and have another baby. So it's either a two or a three on the likelihood. The impact would be high. I'd have to do everything myself again. So it's a three on the impact. That means that it's a five or six significant risk. I can't do anything about the likelihood, but to reduce the impact if it does happen, I can keep a list of VAs that I could reach out to, and I can document all of my processes to make it easier to bring on a new VA. Then I could rest easy, confident that I'm prepared to handle this risk. Just clarifying the what-ifs and ranking them will help you see that some of them are not as scary as you think, and you can kick fear to the curb when you've created a plan to overcome the scary ones. It's wise to plan how we would handle things that may go wrong, but ultimately, as Nehemiah taught us, our trust is not in our plans. We can trust in the greatness and awesomeness of our Lord to protect us from the people and circumstances that may derail us. All right, for your one simple action step, think of the three biggest what-ifs that keep you up at night. Rank their likelihood and potential impact, then create a mitigation plan for the significant risks. If you head over to my free Facebook group, Plan and Pray with Do a New Thing, you'll find a worksheet and some examples to help you do that. But one thing I want to give you a caution about, your mind is going to automatically go to the highest severity and the highest likelihood when you're looking at impact and likelihood. But don't go there. Be realistic. Be honest about how likely they are to happen and the real impact if they do. Thanks for hanging in there with me for this detailed episode. If it's been helpful for you, share it on social media and tell a friend about just one simple thing. Before we run off, let's do a little check-in. Here we are near the end of another month. Did it get away from you again with little progress on your goals and plans? Do you need help figuring out where to focus, but you aren't ready to invest in one-on-one coaching? Then I have just the thing for you the most cost-effective way to get the benefits of expert input on your goals and plans. With a move forward review, you can submit your plans for the month. I'll take a look and make sure your plan is aligned with your goals, that it's doable, and that it's structured in a sequence that makes sense. Then I'll email you my feedback along with resource recommendations for areas where you may be stuck, and perhaps a little tough grace if you need it just like I give in my one-on-one coaching calls. Y'all, I'm just being honest here. This is the biggest bang for the buck of all my products and services. 
If you've ever wanted an affordable and time-efficient way to benefit from my project management experience, this is it. You can get all the details at the link in the show notes. And remember, clarity comes from action, and action can be just one simple thing.